This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Joe and I talk about the Texas heartbeat law. We revisit Leandro and we take a look at the NAACP versus Moore case. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. The Outlaw Lawyers on the air. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. 46 combined years experience between these two and offices practically everywhere. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and soon to be in Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate and big voice. We just talked and we have a lot of fun with the legal conversation. And if you've got any questions about what's going on with your legal situation, here we go. Here's the number 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also send a question to the program and we will use it in an upcoming episode. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And please go visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Well, fellas, we're about to get into this, so welcome in. It's been a couple of weeks. Hope you hope everything's good. Morgan, we're doing good. Uh, we're uh, we're happy to be here this morning. Joe, you doing doing well? Hey, Josh, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so glad to be here hearing your voices. So every time we sit down and talk for the show, it seems like you're you're coming off uh, you're coming off a late night. So you had a you had a late night last night. Again. I had a late night last night again. Um, I was uh, you know we've got the the PNC tickets and it's been it's been a, both a blessing and a curse because I we feel <laughs> I feel obligated to go to like everything. So sure. even things that aren't really in my wheelhouse and uh, yeah. So we had the uh, the Michael Bublé last night. So when you say the PNC tickets, I say the Whitaker and Hamer suite at the PNC Arena. I think that sounds more formal. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, there, there, yeah, that's cool too. We can we can go with that. But yeah, we had the Buble last night. Um, I tell you what, man, uh, not I'm not I'm not the biggest Buble guy. Um, it's not 100 percent in my wheelhouse. But I, I tell you what, that guy seems like a seems like a gentleman, man. Seems like a good guy. Uh, seems like the type of guy that I would want to be my grandson if I had grandchildren. Yeah, I heard he I heard he's a good entertainer. So he's got, you know, even if you're not a huge fan of his music, I think he kind of does some classics, but sounds like he's a pretty good entertainer, keeps the crowd laughing, things like that. Friendly guy, man. Very friendly guy. Funny, personable. Um, did a lot of covers, which is I don't I'm not a, I'm, I know like two songs, maybe, which maybe that's all there is two or three that uh really resonate but um yeah man entertaining dude seemed very nice big hockey guy very played on the played on the hockey aspect of pnc talked a little bit of smack um but yeah man all in all not the worst thing i've been to at pnc not my favorite uh very very uh, older demographic there an older crowd but uh and not a lot of it wasn't a very raucous crowd i guess you could say he did his best to get people into it and to uh and to get everybody moving, but again, a much older demographic sure. there. So. Well, I mean, it, it Buble is a crooner, so it's almost like the '60s and the '70s when you had, uh, you know, the Sinatra types. I mean, he he's got that crooner voice. He that, definitely uh, does, man. And like I said, I hope I hope my grandchildren one day are just like him. The uh, so while you were while you were enjoying Buble, I was watching Game One of the World Series. So that was a pretty good game, and we saw the Braves. I'm sure everybody in our pretty good game. Here, Pretty good game. <laughs> I, I mean, a leadoff home run, first time ever. That was awesome. 
me and the me and the boys are pretty excited. That's uh, I know everybody in our listening area is happy the Braves are in, so it's uh, we're excited about the World Series. Well, that sounds cool, man. But did you see Michael Bublé live? <laughs> <laughs> So I think you, if you compare our nights, you know, I think one of us is much more manly than the other. And so I'll let the listeners decide who's the manlier man between me and you based on our uh, evening last night. I think my my comfort level and my masculinity is demonstrated by the fact that I forego watching baseball and choose voluntarily to watch Michael Buble sing and dance Um and uh, interact with the people. Interact with the the people of Raleigh. So I think you missed out in that because you can <laughs> you can watch the game anytime. You can you can tea, I can watch the game later. You know it's DVR. I can do that, but I can't see Michael Bublé live in person. Well, and it had been a couple of years because he had to reschedule. So he, um, he rescheduled four times. Man, he canceled. He rescheduled. And I didn't realize that because again, not a huge fan. Didn't have tickets originally to any of the previous three uh, scheduled performances um we got the pnc tickets and again we've been going to kind of everything whether we like it or not we show up because we've got the tickets so um <laughs> but uh yeah man he, he kept it he's a he, very friendly guy very funny guy i'll give him credit for being super funny and personable and um almost funnier than he was a good singer we talk about being obligated on tickets so i still you know i got season tickets to state football so this saturday i got a I got a man up and go, even though uh, they haven't given us a whole lot to be excited about. But I'll be there uh, wait, wait. rooting on NC State football. I mean, they, they've they been all right, Josh. The Miami game, that was a tough game last week. But we'll uh, we'll keep on we'll keep on fighting. At least the Hurricanes are doing good. Hurricanes are something we can all be real proud of. Yeah, State's – I mean, State's been as – a, as a Duke football fan, I, it's tough for me to listen to you complain about anything <laughs> uh, football-wise. But – um. You know, I think we're both Panthers fans, and that's that's been pretty depressing. <laughs> it's been a pretty depressing thing to watch unfold. Started out so good, man, so optimistic, and just complete, complete opposite now feeling about the Panthers. I think I've mentioned this before, but my in-laws are all Western New Yorkers, and so my boys have really latched on to Josh Allen and the Bills. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to push the Panthers on them. And you can't do it, man. They're uh, they're all bills. I think I've lost them for life. I don't think I'll ever get them back to the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know that you lost them for life, man. I mean, the you look at the Bills, you know, prior to to recent history, and uh, it, it's going to take the Panthers just being good again. You know, I mean, it's that's their hometown team, man. That's that's uh, they can get on they can get on the the bandwagon. They just have to be decent. They have to give them something to believe in, man. Well, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, me and Joe don't always just ramble on about sports. The show, The Outlaw Lawyer, is intended for us to pick news items out of the mainstream media that have to deal with cases or statutes. And we like to talk about them as two practicing attorneys, kind of give them the legal treatment that these things don't always get in, in the in the mainstream media. And so today we got a couple of things we want to talk about. And, and, you know, we want to give you a couple of updates. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the Leandro case here in North Carolina, and there's been new developments in that. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. Um, the Texas abortion law, they, I've heard it called the Texas heartbeat law. There's been some updates with that, and we've discussed that a time or two. So we want to spend some time talking about those things. And then in uh, there's a new, there's it's not a new case. There's a new case to us because we haven't discussed it on this show, but the NAACP uh, versus Moore is a very interesting case that's getting a lot of traction in local and national uh, media. 
Uh, and so we're going to we're going to dive into that. But that's a very interesting case. It's about a couple of things, but the focus is on one of the constitutional amendments that voters approved here in North Carolina for voter ID. Um, so that voter ID amendment is kind of at the crux of this case. And it's it's interesting to attorneys and I think it's interesting to everybody uh, for for a lot of different legal reasons. So we're going to we're going to spend some time talking about that. And then, Joe, what do we we got? We got something that's a little less serious that we want to spend some time talking about. Yeah, man. You know, we do a lot of serious talk. Um, so, and, and again, the goal always being to kind of approach these issues from a neutral attorney based perspective and look at everything from a factual, you know, kind of presenting both arguments type of uh, of manner. But we wanted to switch it up a little bit, keep things a little bit interesting, you know, do some things that can kind of be recurring segments that we can refer back to. <laughs> keep it uh, light. Keep it light. Keep it light. Keep it light, man. It gets heavy in here sometimes. It does. You know, the, the abortion talk and the uh, the hot button issues we hit on. So we wanted to keep it a little light, man. And, we, you know, we, we like sports. We, we do a lot of the sports talk. So we wanted to combine two of our favorite things, uh, that being uh, legal movies and a sports-based tournament and kind of combine those two things. So we're going to kind of start outlining this, this idea, start fleshing it out. Mm. We're going to seek some feedback from you guys, and we're going, to, we're going to set up our legal movie tournament to determine the greatest legal movie of our time. I like it. Right. So we want to, we're going to throw out some, uh, some movies, and, and we've kind of got a, we got a couple of polls that we're going to get going. But I think over the next couple of weeks, me and Joe are going to sit down and spend some time and try to debate and and through and through listener votes determine the best legal movie of all time. I don't know that we'll have 64. I don't know if we'll get a true NCAA tournament bracket cuz the you know the NCAA tournament bracket is the best way to solve any any issue like this. Of course. Fair. It's the only way. Yeah. I think you could do a sweet 16. Easily. I think yeah, we could get yeah, 64. We could get we're just going to have to get some deep cuts in there. Ooh, some that, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean we we, uh, we actually need people to have seen these movies. So yeah, I, I think Sweet Sixteen. Uh, maybe you bump it up to thirty-two if you if you run into that. But I think thirty-two, you're going to be stretched. Yeah, I think I think sixteen sounds like the magic number because yeah, we don't need any nineteen thirty-two, you know, black and white before sure. there was sound type movies in there. And what I think would be hilarious uh, is to get your legal minds, the two of you, behind one of the pair, and you guys debate against each other the merits of your movie. I like that. <laughs> I like it too, man. I like it too. And that's why we're going to flush this idea out live. We're going to do the brainstorming process uh, literally on the air so we can, uh, we can turn this into something <laughs> something that you guys deserve to hear. And at the, the end of the show, if we have time, if, this, if, we, if we, our brainstorming doesn't fill up the whole rest of the show, we do have a listener question, uh, a good listener question about personal injury. We have a lot of folks who call us. When they have a car accident, or they, you know, and we call that personal injury law, um, and and that's a popular area of practice. You see a lot of commercials, a lot of stuff on TV. But we have a very practical uh, question from a listener, and so we figured we'd throw that out there and talk about that. But in a nutshell, that's what we're going to cover today. The Outlaw Liars, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, they're the managing partners. 46 combined years of experience. Again, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay, Verena, and soon to be in Gastonia. And we talk all kinds of legal, family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning, administration, real estate closings, all of that. If you've got any questions about what's going on in your legal life, 
Call this number, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also email questions to the program, and we will use them in an upcoming edition. You can also, your favorite legal movie, that'll help us out too, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. You can also visit the website, and that website is theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Coming up next, we rehash and update the Texas heartbeat abortion law, the Leandro case, and the latest updates in the Gabby Petito case. Law Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, 46 combined years experience. And folks, they have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay Verena, and soon to be in Gastonia. We talk legal each and every week. Uh, it's very serious stuff, but we also have a lot of fun with this. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. And again, family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning and administration, real estate closings. If it's legal, they're doing it in the offices of Whitaker and Hamer. Again, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay Verena, and soon to be in Gastonia. If you've got a legal situation or a question, uh, get on the phone. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. That'll get you in touch with Whitaker and Hamer. And an attorney will return your phone call. So leave your name, number, and a little detail on what you've got a question about, and they will be back in touch. And you can also send questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And please visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. You can find older shows in podcast form there for you. And just pick your subject matter and listen to your heart's content. Gentlemen, I know you've got updates for us. Yeah, Morgan. So we got a couple of cases that we've talked about on the show that have had developments over the past couple of weeks. And so we thought we'd bring everybody up to speed. And uh, the first one, Joe, I think you followed it more than me, but the Petito uh, investigation, that is, has seemingly come to an end, it looks like. Yeah, it's seemingly come to an end, Josh. Um, a, a tragic end, you know, no matter how you look at it. And uh, basically, I think most people, this has been one that folks have followed, but, uh, you know, remains found believed to be the remains of uh, Brian Laundrie, the uh, the suspect in the case, and, and Petito's boyfriend. Um, tragic, you know, for, for the Laundrie family, tragic for the Petito family in the sense, in one sense that, you know, you don't, you don't get answers that you probably wanted, and you don't see, you know, justice done in the way that you probably wanted. But then at the same time, you could look at it as resolution. Just a just a tough case all around, man. It was, you know, we we had talked about it on air, and someone I was I was around town here, and someone was talking to me about it, and I think we had mentioned, you know, maybe the feds would eventually charge uh, uh, Laundry's parents, maybe as accessories. You know, if he was out there hiding, that might get him to to come out if the if the feds thought that maybe the parents had had done some aiding and abetting or had been an accessory after the fact or helped him hide things from the crime. Which is always difficult, but then they uh, they mentioned something to me that I hadn't really thought about. He was like, "Well, if that was your son, you know, and and let's we'll, we'll assume he did it. So if your son had done something horrible like that, like what would what would you have done, you know, in, in that kind of situation?" And, I, and that was a hard. I thought I just spent some time thinking about that, and I was like, "That's a hard thing to reconcile in your in your brain, you know." Man, it's a terribly it's a terribly difficult thing to reconcile, and you know, you'd like to think you raise your kids right and uh, you, you do everything you can to, to teach them the right way to live and, and, you know, bring them up the right way. 
But at the same time, I guess you never really know, man. I guess you never really know how things are going to go, uh, what outside influences are going to come into your kid's life and how they're going to grow and develop. And you never want to have to deal with that. But but you're right. Jay. It's a question that I never want to have to answer, man. I don't even want to. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It just is just one of those things that was tough to think about because your kids are still your kids. And and I don't know, it's just a was a terrible, terrible story all the way around. And 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 hopefully we don't have to. You hear about that kind of stuff so much when that gets the mainstream media takes, you know, an interest in something like that. You hear about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. So hopefully that's that's behind us. But obviously those families will never be the same. And like you said, there's probably some answers and some closure that folks are never going to get. But um, so that one seems like it's come to an come to an end. And and our next update is something that's not going to come to an end for a little bit. But we had spent some time talking about uh, abortion law a unique anti-abortion law in Texas that some folks have dubbed the heartbeat law, Texas's heartbeat law. Uh, Jay, do you remember what that one was about? I do. You know, we talked to, we talked a lot about the Texas law. We, we kind of did one of our classic deep dives into it. And um, we talked about the way that the, the legislature had kind of tried to circumvent and, and almost deputize the public as far as, you know, how they were going to kind of go about a unique way of, essentially prohibiting abortions and um, had some real interesting legal nuances to it that we, we kind of looked into. And, and if nothing else, I think we agreed that it was a, a, a dev- it was definitely an interesting approach to the way that they were trying to, you know, almost circumvent the, the precedent and that stated essentially that, you know, abortions were, were permitted. Yeah. I heard, I, I read, heard, I read somewhere after this, um, and I haven't checked the stat. They said this because of this law, abortions uh, were down 80% in Texas. And of course, depending on what side of the fence you sit on, uh, it's either good or bad news, but this, this law is, is very weird. You're right. This, this law went out of its way to avoid the state taking any action. And, uh, and, and, and I think at the time we predicted, there's no way or at least I, I think I did. I don't remember what you predicted, Joseph, but I predicted that this, there's no way this law makes it through any kind of uh, any kind of really examination, uh, legal examination by like a Supreme Court. And there was a I can't remember who now, but there was an emergency challenge that they was trying to get to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court voted not to hear it, saying that, you know, there was no standing. No one had been harmed yet. And that was, a I think, a five four decision. Um, and this is. Of course, uh, this there's there's some abortion there's some big abortion cases and we talked about that a week or two ago coming up on the Supreme Court's docket and it's going to be you know if nothing else it's going to be interesting to see what the court this new court you know has to say but on this on this Texas heartbeat law I know the Justice Department made an emergency appeal to to block the Texas law and that case that's going to be heard on November one so the Supreme Court went ahead and is kind of an emergency added to the docket. Uh, and so oral arguments are going to be on November one as to how this Texas law operates, you know, and, and, and so that'll be interesting. It it got to the Supreme court fast as it probably should. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. You know, you talked about my prediction and, uh, I have a rule with predictions we make on the show and that's generally we're, we're fairly like-minded individuals and you, you've got, a. A wisdom about you, so I usually just predict the same thing. You do. So if you're if you're curious about wait, what I predicted, wait, wait, that's exactly wait, what I predicted. Wait, you have a wisdom about you? He's, He's calling you old, you. dude. He's no, calling you old. No. He's wise. I got a, a I got a, between I got a lot of gray in the beard. Look, I got a lot, lot of gray old, in the beard. There's a lot of old people who, frankly, are dumb. 
And, uh, and so being old doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're wise. You're wise, man. There's young people who are wise. You're one of those. You're, you're somewhere in the middle age wise, but you, there you go. but you're wise, man. You've got you that go. wisdom. All right. Good save. I'll, uh, I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. This, this abortion law, it, it, it has more, you know, clearly, you know, you've got justices that are for or against abortion and the Supreme court justices are supposed to respect the precedent and the precedent is that abortions are, are legal to a certain extent. There can be certain limitations. There's a there's a test for that. Um, this law not only affects you know whether abortion is legal or not legal, but it also has just a bunch of weird weird legal theories in it and and stuff that's never you know giving standing to people that have not been harmed. Um, it's it's just a weird law and this law for reasons they don't even have anything to do with abortion. I can't imagine this law, they even get to the abortion part. This law is probably just going to get struck down, I would think, just on its weird, weird theory of deputizing you know, private citizens and giving them standing to recover damages against people that have nothing to do with their day-to-day lives. And I think that'll be a pretty easy one for the court to to get rid of, but who knows? I've, I've been surprised before. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly um, based on your wisdom. And it's just sound logic, man. Like you said, there's it, it, abortion is challenged constantly and you get the, the the kind of the run of the mill challenge you get you see the same you know the arguments that are that are playing out and i think some of those we talked about are coming up before the supreme court but like you said the thing that that really grabbed us in this case was just the weirdness of it and the way the strange way that the enforcement mechanism was was implemented and basically like you said deputizing individuals and and i'm with you there it's we say it a lot. It's a slippery slope, and and allowing this to proceed opens the door for similar kind of backdoor ways to to create these these methods to work around constitutional protections. and And I I just I don't I don't think it it stands up either. the the last The last case I wanted to hit real quick in our in our kind of little update segment that we're doing is is Leandro, and we've talked about Leandro two or three times now. But Leandro, if you remember is the case, the 25, 25 plus year old case in North Carolina, where it was, uh, where it was discovered or, or one of the, one of the things they found, one of the facts that they, they found in this case is that kids, uh, growing up in, in counties that aren't awake in Mecklenburg aren't always getting the same kind of school funding. I think we did a quick review, but you know, a lot of schools get funding from the state and then the local level. So county, town, cities, and sure if you live in Wake County, or you live in Mecklenburg County and you got Charlotte and Raleigh, your public schools get a lot of funding above the the state level. And if you're from a county that doesn't have as much population, then your schools might not get as much funding. And, and so Leandro found a constitutional right. Every kid in North Carolina has a constitutional right to the same education as, as every other kid. And Leandro, in the case, there's a Judge Lee who's presiding over the case has, has said we need I can't remember the exact number, but it was like 1.7 billion in additional funding to these counties to make sure that they're getting the same level of education as as other kids. And of course, we talked about how you know the court isn't really the one that makes the budget, right? That's reserved for the General Assembly in North Carolina, and the General Assembly uh, kind of said, "Hey, we're not doing it." And, and they basically said in a nice way, we're not doing it. You can't make us. And so just the, the past week or two, this bounced back to Judge Lee. And, and he said, well, the, the court has a way to do this. 
I think me and you talked about contempt and we didn't really get to the, the correct term, but the judge has a weapon that it can use a tool and it's a writ of mandamus, which is a very, uh, it's awe inspiring name. There sounds like a really old school Lord of the Rings type weapon or something, but Joe, you know what the writ of mandamus is? Yes, Joshua. I am familiar with the writ of mandamus. One of my favorite terms, uh, almost think we should change the name of the show to writ of mandamus because uh, it's that good. <laughs> but basically the, the writ of mandamus, like you said, it's a tool. It's basically an order from a court to an, an inferior government official that orders that government official to properly fulfill their official duties or to correct some abuse of discretion. You know, I kind of feel like I'm back in sixth grade playing, playing a little dungeons and dragons and got hit with the writ of mandamus. And, uh, uh but, but yeah, so the court has this tool. It doesn't get used often, uh, but they have a tool where they can order uh, under under the penalty of contempt at, uh, to to do something, a government official. And the examples that I saw, there was a similar case in, I think, out of Kansas, and they fined officials every day for not complying, and the fines got pretty big. And then there was another state where they shut down all the schools until this was done. That was what they, they the court kind of crafted an order and was like, well, if these kids can't get the same education as the other kids, then we're going to shut down all the schools until, you know, it gets funded. And, and Judge Lee has said he doesn't want to do either one of those things if he doesn't have to. All the parties are talking. But this will be a really interesting showdown at some point because both these sides are determined not to uh, not to find level playing ground. Um so anyway, it, it, we'll talk about that one again because something's going to happen. I think the deadline was November 1 on that too. So uh, got a lot of stuff happening in November. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, they are the managing partners, 46 combined years experience. And again, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay, Verena, and now in Gastonia. If you've got a legal question of your own, if it deals with family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning and administration, real estate closing, if you've got any questions, you can call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And an attorney will be in touch with you. Leave your name, number, and a brief message. Also, if you've got a question for the show that you'd like to for us to answer in coming weeks, well, you can email us, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And go to the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Up next on The Outlaw Lawyer, we talk about NAACP v. Moore. Law Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, managing partners there, 46 combined years experience. And folks, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, and Fuquay Verena offices located there. Also, now in Gastonia. If you've got a legal question, we want you to call the show. If it deals with family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning and administration, real estate closing, if you've got a legal question, call this number, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And leave your name, number, and a brief description of the situation, and an attorney will be back in touch with you. If you've got a question that you want 
read on the show and answered on the show, you can email it at questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And please go to the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, big voice, and referee between these two. Guys, I know that you're going to get into the NAACP versus more. Well, you know, Morgan, I think it's important, and you did a good job reminding everybody, but Joe and I, we are practicing attorneys licensed in North Carolina, and we spend all day when we're not here with you consulting with people who have legal issues. And, and so case law is really important to us, uh, understanding what courts will do. That's what people come to us for. They want us to be able to say, hey, I've got this legal problem. What can I do about it? If it goes to court, what do you think will happen? And so me and Joe are, are keen observers of what's going on in the courtroom. And when that stuff makes news, especially big news, we really geek out on it uh, for better or worse. And so we haven't spent any time talking. This case has been around for a while, but the NAACP v. Moore is a, is a case that's before the Supreme Court right now. And it's very interesting uh, for a lot of reasons. I think this got dubbed the usurper uh, case when it got started, and it's about to come to, to an end one way or the other. Um, but before we start talking about the case, we need to make sure everybody who's listening knows what gerrymandering is. So, Joseph, what is gerrymandering? Man, I thought you would never ask. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd never ask. So, simply put, gerrymandering uh, is the manipulation of boundaries of an electoral constituency. And it's it's generally done by by one party or another to favor that party. So, you know, in the past, it's kind of been used to manipulate lines and and make districts more favorable based on demographics to, again, certain political parties. Um, throughout history, there's been a real racial aspect to that as well. And it's been it's been used in to kind of, you know, suppress votes from from certain classes. And it's it's basically a political tool that's designed to, in a way, manipulate the process is, is the way that I would describe it. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. So it's very interesting, you know, the people you elect, you know, it's different for the, you know, the U.S., it's different for states, every state's kind of a little different, every county draws districts, you know, but basically somebody is always in charge of, of figuring out what what your district is for, for voting purposes. Uh, and a lot of times, like in North Carolina, the General Assembly uh, usually has a big hand in, in drawing these district lines, and you and you may be aware of these districts, these voting districts don't often conform with a you know, county or, or town, you know, some counties get split in half. There's a district in Wake County that's like, you know, a sliver of Garner and half of Fuquay and somehow gets into Zebulon. It's just like a weird district. But so these districts get drawn up. And they usually get drawn up at some point in the past by a general assembly that's controlled, you know, either by the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. And so I'm going to make a controversial statement here is that everybody gerrymands, you know, depending on who's in charge, like right now, the Republicans have had control of the General Assembly here in North Carolina for a while. And so what we're talking about, they're being accused of, of, of gerrymandering um, and act, well, more than accused. There was a, well, we'll talk about that. But anyway, so gerrymandering is a thing that happens. And I guess the thought is the, the party in charge will attempt to gerrymander districts to stay in charge. I think that's kind of uh, the, uh, the the accusation that, that comes out. And so here in North Carolina, there was a big federal case a couple of years ago. Um, some districts that were drawn up were found to be uh, racially motivated, which of course is a big no-no for all kinds of reasons. And, and so there was some, there was a, you know, there was gerrymandering. So with some of our, I think it was, uh, I didn't write it down here, I don't think. Oh yeah. So I think there was 28 districts that were, you know, this, this federal court case found that had been gerrymandered 
race was used as a, a factor and that's a no-no. And so the federal government, uh, the federal court made North Carolina draw new districts, which has been happening over the past couple of years. And so that kind of brings us up to where we were. Um, but that happened, I believe in like 2016, 2017. And then in 2018, the general assembly put two constitutional amendments up for a vote in North Carolina. Do you remember what those were, Joe? Well, first off, I want to say, Josh, uh, a couple things. Um, you know, we're coming out with some some the outlaw law, your swag. Everybody, be on the lookout for that. We're going to have some T-shirts. We're going to have some hats, things like that. You gave me a couple of really good T-shirt ideas and your in your explanation and setup. The first is everybody gerrymans, um, <laughs> and then the second is that's a no-no. I think both of those on the back of a shirt make a lot of sense. Wildly, be wildly popular uh, those those phrases. So yeah, um, but but you, but you're right, man. Everybody does gerrymand, and uh, and it's and it's one of the imperfections of our political system. You know, each party they get into power, and and I guess it's human nature, man. I don't know any other way to describe it, but they're they are looking for ways to, they're looking for ways to to protect that power, and and that's kind of where this this came about. It, it was a way to protect power for political parties, and you you reference those two constitutional amendments, and simply put, those two things were really. Uh, voter ID based and then uh, based around state income tax limits. And when we talk about constitutional amendments, this was North Carolina. So this was amendments to the North Carolina Constitution. The General Assembly uh, had a vote to to draft these and then put them on the ballot. And they both, uh, I guess this was 2018, they both succeeded, right? So we have a we have a voter ID basically to to vote. You need a voter ID amendment on the books that no one's real sure how is going to be enforced. And, and there's some other things going on there. Um, but the NAACP v, v. Moore, the, their, the whole basis here, and it's kind of complicated, so we'll try to make it, I mean, there's no reason we don't have enough time to get super complicated. But basically, the theory was, hey, the, the, Fed, the federal court said you gerrymandered. 28 members of the General Assembly were voted in, a, in districts that were found to be illegal. Um, so you didn't have enough votes to even put this on the ballot. So these, con- these constitutional amendments that got voted in should have never been there in the first place. Uh, they were void and they're not effective because of these, these 28 districts that were uh, that had illegal members voted into the General Assembly. So that's kind of that's kind of the theory. And that's interesting because if that logic is, is correct, you know, if, that, if the courts say, yeah, that's, that's good, uh, then in theory, any law that was passed in the past couple of years could be attacked under the same logic. Um, That's right, so- Josh. And this is we're going to take a, a, a big detour here. But, you know, we talked about the writ of mandamus. Cool word, right? Gerrymandering, also very interesting term. Uh, I just had to, I had to put our research team on it. And again, they're they're amazing. They get get things to us quickly. And uh, the term gerrymandering, actually, it actually comes from the word the name Jerry and the word salamander. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, Josh, but I just wanted to to let you know. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. I never. Yeah. I never so apparently, it, it 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 originated back in Boston, and, and a, a district was was remapped and drawn in a strange way that actually resembled a salamander, and that's where the the term comes from. So the more you know. Yeah, that's interesting. You you figure a word like that's got to have a good backstory. Um, but they, they, you know, back to the case at hand, and we don't have a lot of time to spend on this. But you know, the the first court level, the superior court, uh, agreed with the with the plaintiffs that yes, this these amendments should have never made it to the ballot, um, void, um, and basically we're going to to say they don't they don't exist. They're not amendments. Went to the court of appeals. The court of appeals 
had a couple of things to say about this. The plaintiffs don't have standing. Um, you can't, this is bad law because everything can be challenged and, and every, again, everybody gerrymanders, you know, it's kind of the, the two sentence summary. And so now we're before the Supreme court. So the case itself is interesting enough. Obviously there's a lot writing on it. Uh, a lot of people in, in, in politics are paying attention to it. So now it's before the North Carolina Supreme court. And, and it, we've got two justices on the Supreme court who were in theory were in, in the general assembly or are somehow related to the process when these things got voted on um, and may have even been parties to this lawsuit at, at different times. And so now the big question is, should these justices recuse themselves from this very important case? And, and, and Joe, for everybody, I think most everybody probably knows, but what does that mean when a, a judge or a justice recuses themselves? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, whenever you have a, a, a judge that has some kind of interest that would create any kind of a conflict in, in a situation uh, where they're where they're going to be voting on something, you know, generally you would see that judge recuse themselves and, and kind of take themselves out of the process because, you you know, you're supposed to be judging based on the merit, based on the law, and you don't want any kind of bias to, to interfere with that. And, and there are certain situations where, you know, a judge may have a personal relationship with an individual or there could be some other factor that would potentially insert some bias into that decision making process. And you and you see, you know, either they will voluntarily recuse themselves or there'll be some kind of a motion made to uh, to have them recused. And and it's interesting in this case because you've got attorneys for the plaintiffs that have actually you know, moved to have a couple of the justices removed and rec- recused in this case because of the fact that, like you said, they, they were in some way involved in voting on the original legislation. And Joe, there's another level to this too. So, and, and I don't really, I don't, I don't like politics. I don't like Democrat versus Republican. I think we all should be looking at things just from our own common sense perspective and not along party lines. Unfortunately, judges belong to political parties. Uh, judge elections have become uh, political, which I think is is bad um, for a lot of reasons that we won't get into here. But the the court is split between Democrats and Republicans, and the two judges that are being asked to recuse themselves happen to be Republican. Um, and if you look if you look down the party lines, if they recuse themselves, then this this case will probably go to the to the plaintiff. If they don't, then you know it's it's kind of fifty fifty. Um, you know, but you never know what a justice is going to do. Justices don't necessarily follow, you know, decide things on political party lines. They take everything into consideration. But it's just a, it's just an interesting case all the way around, and it's something we'll be watching. And and you'll certainly see it on the news. Uh, the voter ID aspect of it actually is just a really small piece of it. Um, the legal, the the legal process behind it to me is much more interesting than whether the voter ID amendment stands or or is voided out. But anyway. It's an interesting case. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, also managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, 46 combined years experience in offices, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got a legal question, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also email your question to the show, and we'll use it in an upcoming episode. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And please visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. And as you just heard, there's going to be some merchandise available. I love it. Merch, The Outlaw Lawyers. We're back right after this. Coming up next on The Outlaw Lawyer, we will begin to brainstorm and outline our tournament of the greatest legal movies of all time.
Outlaw Lawyers on the air. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys right here in North Carolina. Offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got a legal question involving, well, almost anything, family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning and administration, real estate closings, they are here for you. 800-659-1186. Leave your name, number, brief message, and they will be back in touch with you. 800-659-1186. You can also email questions to the Outlaw Lawyer program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And please check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com, where you can find our podcast. And these are our shows. And you can just click on the subject matter, have some fun with that. Well, guys, uh, now we're getting into the really hardcore stuff. Where it's the legal movies, and this opens up a huge uh, can of whatever because there are so many, but we've got to limit the number, I believe. Well, Morgan, this is we've been talking about a lot of meaty topics today. So, we've abortion and, and voter ID and rid of mandamus and gerrymandering. And so, uh, one of the things we want to do on the show is we don't want it to be that heavy all the time. And so, me and Joe were kind of in an argument amongst ourselves as what would be the best. Uh, legal movie of, of all time. So a movie that involves attorneys or a court case or a investigation. Uh, we're going to be very broad, but I think what we want to do, I don't think we can do 64. I think we want to have a 16 movie tournament. So a sweet 16 to crown the best legal movie of all time. Man, we talk a lot about how the fact that the law permeates everything. So I don't think we can be too broad. Because we could basically just turn this into a best a best movie ever tournament if we get too broad with it, and uh, yeah, I think that's part of what we're doing, man. We're fleshing this idea out because you got you got so many movies, man. You have so many legal movies, some good, some bad, some so bad that they're good, um, depending on depending on what your interest is. But uh, I think sixteen is a good number. You know, the, the committee can meet. And, and discuss next year expanding the tournament if we need to, depending on if uh, if any contenders get left out. But but I'm with you, man. I think 16 is is where we start, and uh, and I think that gets us a lot of a lot of meaty entries in there. And I and guys, I just want to throw this in. Uh, you know, you can have listeners; um, they can contribute. Uh, maybe set a date on when you want to start, uh, and and when you can unveil the 16. And you can have some fun with those discussions, and then you can do the pairings, bring that back another week, and then you can talk about the matchups, and then you can go, I mean, you can go into those matchups, each and every one, and just have some fun with it. Yeah, uh, Morgan, I, I like the sound of that. I think we uh, we kind of put the next uh, two weeks, so uh, two weeks from now, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of try to set our field, and then we'll have a matchup each week. Um, and, and kind of go from there and we'll put a poll up on the, on the Facebook page and the website. We'll try to get some listener input. Um, I'm looking right now, I had printed up the American Bar Association, uh, actually has the 25 greatest legal movies. They already have their list. And so I'm kind of perusing this list because mm -hmm. one of my all time favorites, uh, was to kill a mockingbird, which, you know, I think a lot of lawyers like that movie. Um, but that's their, that's their number one to kill a mockingbird. But I'm kind of just perusing a lot of these movies are older. We need some new movies. We, we can't movies. trust we can't trust their list, Josh. No. I don't think we can. I think we we can't trust that list because, no. like you said, it's older. It's Make older. your own list. And what well, we need I, from you, Josh, because you, you know our loyal listeners of the show, the people who have really listened to every episode and have been with us from the start. First of all, we love you all. Second of all, they may remember that you've seen like three movies in your entire <laughs> life, so that's going to be a problem. You need to. What you need to do is when we finish this show. 
you just need to go and, and binge watch every legal movie that we can possibly find. Oh my, I just noticed that one particular list I'm looking at has Animal House listed as a legal movie. Oh, how did they pull that off? I don't know. There is that, the the student court, remember? Oh, uh, I think that's too loose. I think that's too... I've seen that. I'm that familiar would qualify with Animal the House. movie I've seen uh, that about. school as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. So this list I'm looking at is a miracle. They're all black and white, though. It's like Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. Young Mr. Lincoln, Lincoln from 1939. I guess that's a movie. Okay. Is that, it's good. Uh, the people who made those lists are dead of old age, Josh. <laughs> and that's why we're update. We're coming up with our own list, and we're going to do it in the right way because we're not going to we're not going to list the 16 best because no one cares about the 16 best. Well, they I think we about need the I, number one best. I, guys, I think we need to have a show meeting. And to quote uh, Will Ferrell from Old School, we're going to go streaking right after the show. <laughs> we're going to have this conversation. We'll run down. I don't know downtown Fuquay or something. No, I'm kidding. But no, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll 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 get our list together. Me and me and Joe and, and Morgan will have some suggestions, and we'll put some suggestions to our listener, and and we'll settle on our our sixteen. We'll seed them, and we'll uh, we'll we'll take it uh, movie by movie. But a lot of these, yeah, I got to get busy because a lot of these movies I've never. Anatomy of a Murder, nineteen fifty nine. I'm not familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, you're you're focusing on the wrong things, man. There's <laughs> you know I think we need the we need the listener suggestions for sure because I, I I think. 99% of our listeners have seen more movies than you have, so they're going to be more qualified. But uh, And we do want I think this we have to be to, fun. We do want this I think to we be have fun. to be medium loose. I think yeah. I think not too broad. Medium. So it, it has to be – I think the primary subject matter has to pertain to the legal field. And, you know, it can't – it has to have some – strong legal tie you know and, yeah. and we can't just go with student a student council process it needs to be legally based and Look, if animal house gets criteria. in if animal house gets in that's the best legal movie of all time i've never <laughs> thought about it in that way but that's a clear-cut no contest winner if that i'm in. i'm sure that's required viewing at most of the elite law schools in the country <laughs> well morgan we we're we're looking forward to this i think this will be a lot of fun and, and like i said we'll uh We'll go and get something up on all social media sure. and the website. And then if our if our listeners want to shoot an email or, or give us a call with their suggestions, and we'll talk about it. We'll get to our 16, and, and then we'll have some fun with it. All right. Well, we've got a wrap-up segment coming up here on The Outlaw Lawyers. And remember, uh, you can call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. That'll get you in touch with Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the managing partners there. Offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, and Gastonia. And, folks, this is an opportunity for you. If you've got a legal question, you can ask it. An attorney will be back in touch with you uh, with those answers. And if it's family law, criminal traffic, personal injury, estate planning, administration, real estate closings, again, if it's legal, uh, they can answer the question for you. You can also email questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And as you heard Josh say, social media is going to be packed with uh, our question. Of course, we're going to have that sweet 16 for legal movies. Have a little fun with that. And you can send your suggestions to questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. we got one more segment that's coming up right after this. Up next, we got a listener question about personal injury. What should you do after an auto accident? The 
The Outlaw Lawyers on the air. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. 46 combined years experience. Again, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and now in Gastonia. And they are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina and covering family law, criminal and traffic, personal injury, estate planning and administration, real estate closings. Folks, if it's legal, uh, they can answer your questions. We'll throw this number out. If you have one, you can certainly leave a message and your contact contact information and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm will be in touch. That's 800-659-1186, 800-659-1186. And you can email questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, we have one final segment, and I believe you have a listener question. We do, Morgan. Uh, so we get a lot of listener questions from the show, which I enjoy reading. We try to respond uh, to everybody who, who sends us in a question. And just so our listeners know, I have a big stack of these um, and I kind of just rotate through, try to mix it up. I had a lot of good questions this week, uh, but most of them were kind of about things we've already talked about. So we we're trying to mix it up. And, and me and Joe were talking earlier. And this question on personal injury, I don't think we've talked about personal injury a lot on this show. But our listener question, again, I kind of generalize it and sum it up a little bit. Uh, but basically, it's you, you, you've been involved in a car accident. What do you do next? So you've been, you've been in a car accident. Um, how do you how do you? proceed and and so that seems like a kind of a weird question for folks who've been in a car accident because you're you're kind of on some adrenaline there and, and you're not really in your in your right mind i would say but joe what do you think the first thing you would advise a client who's been in a car accident to do well first off you know you said it josh it it's a it's kind of a strange thing to think about but it's it's another one of those things that preparedness really makes a lot of difference because you, this is going to be a situation, especially if it's a if it's a relatively serious accident where, you know, there's going to be some shock. There's going to be some adrenaline. You're you may not be thinking as clearly as you would normally. So the more that you can have this burned into your subconscious and kind of understand what the process should be, the more you can recall that and the better off you're going to be in the long run. So I think answering your question, Josh, the very first thing you should do is you should call 911 for assistance immediately. I think that's step one. Yeah, a lot of this will depend on obviously if you're in a serious accident and you're not you're 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 injured or you're you're knocked out. Of course, this is this is going to kind of kind of our advice will kind of vary between hey, is this an incident where we just have some property damage, or is this an incident where you've been severely injured? But but yeah, if you're able to and, and you're in an accident, you want to you want to call nine one one. And and what I tell people is that police report is very important. Like if you're in any kind of accident at all, you know. The police reports are important. You know, we've had folks call us and they were just they backed up to each other in a parking lot. Uh, you know, the officer didn't give a ticket. Uh, but that officer's investigation, even if it's brief, is going to be very important to your attorney. Yeah, like you said, man, that the police report is of extreme relevance and it's going to be important to the attorney. It's going to be important to the insurance company, assuming that you get to the point where you're, you know, you're, you're negotiating with them or your attorneys are negotiating with them. Uh, in the in the off chance that this is something that gets litigated and goes to trial, it's going to be extremely important for for the jurors and the people considering the case. Uh, it's it is one of the most important aspects. And, you know, it's it's because it's it's technically kind of a neutral observer's observation of of what took place. And it gets a lot of it gets a lot of of, of consideration by those individuals looking at it on the back end of the process. So making sure that you do that. And then again, you know, it's you may need that assistance regardless. So I think step one is that, like you said. And and it, and again, we distinguish. It's important to distinguish 
when we talk about I've been in an accident, you know, property damage versus personal injury, because those are going to be handled much differently by attorneys as well. You know, one thing, Joe, back when I started driving in the early 90s, I had a uh, I had a little 35 millimeter camera in the car that was in there just to take pictures. If there was an accident or something happened, I can get out and snap some pictures of the accident scene. And, and now in the in the 2020s, we all got our phone. So there's no excuse for you not to be able unless you're hurt. Right. But if you get out, take pictures of where the cars are, any brake marks, anything you can see on the accident that that would be important to a third party who was looking at it. You want to document that. And now that's not nearly as hard as it used to be. And and honestly, man, you know, taking it a step further, and this may be overkill. Some people may think it's overkill, but, you know, dashboard cameras are very easy to come by now. And that's something that you you may not think you need it until you need it. And having that is going to be like the most slam dunk, surefire way to prevent someone from trying to say you did something you didn't. And it could just be very valuable. Now, again, I'm not telling everyone to go and get a dashboard camera installed, but it's it's something that is worth considering for sure. The other thing that I always try to stress is, you know, once law enforcement, you know, whoever, sheriff, trooper, whoever's coming out there, you cooperate with them, answer their, you know, answer their questions to a certain extent. They have to do their own investigation. And uh, certainly if you're in the right, um, you know, just you know, and, and that's, that kind of goes against some, some, like if you think you're going to be criminally charged with something and I would say, Hey, you know, talk to your attorney. But if you've, you know, the guy turned in front of you, I mean, you can give, you can give the law enforcement some basic information so they can complete their report. That's what I would say. I guess some attorneys may tell you different, but uh, yeah, as long as you haven't done anything wrong, you know, exactly. There's a fine line between, in, you know, incriminating yourself and then not coming off as combative and coming off of com- as combative and uncooperative is generally going to be not beneficial to you whatsoever uh, when you're dealing with law enforcement in any situation. But at the same time, you know, you you do have a right to, to not incriminate yourself. And there are times when it's absolutely best to not, you know, speak too much to authorities. So you kind of almost have to use common sense and 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 kind of be able to distinguish between those two situations. But generally speaking, you don't want to be unpleasant. You don't want to be outright difficult, rude, abrasive to law enforcement because it's it's never going to benefit you to take that approach not not in this situation for sure you know and and the the officer when they get on the scene of course they're going to want to know if it may be obvious you need medical treatment it may not be but certainly um you know they'll always get the ems out there if if they think you need it or or you request it but you know if you need medical treatment get it you're going to go ahead and want to contact your insurance company which is a lot easier now most of these insurance companies have apps and things like that but um but yeah, it's 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 kind of a common sense thing, but definitely record and preserve as much as you can. I, I tell you guys, that's that's great information. So many of us are in these fender benders uh, and just have that uh, kind of step through process where you can make sure you do it all. You know, call 911, obviously secure the scene. If it's a serious accident, exchange information, document the details, cooperate with law enforcement, seek medical treatment if needed, you know, contact that insurance company. And of course, talk to an attorney if needed. Again, 
Great checklist. We are wrapping up the program, guys. Another great show. Looking forward to next week. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the managing partners there. Offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. 46 combined years experience. If you've got a legal question, call this number, 800-659-1186, 800-659-1186. You can also email questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll see you next week. hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.